uh, Alice Kelgore Rice wrote uh, that there's no use putting up your umbrella before it rains. I'm sure you understand what she meant. We worry about things before it happens. Well, of course, here we always have an umbrella with us. What if? And then we make a list of the things that might go wrong. Someone said that anxiety, anxiety is the interest we pay on trouble before it's due. And there are many reasons why we react this way. Maybe we have just the general uncertainty about the future, especially now. Or maybe we've lost so many things in life unexpectedly and we are trying to brace ourselves for more of that. Or maybe we've had some bad experiences with God and we become uncertain and we wonder if God is still faithful. Abram would say that he understands us. Years ago, God promised him a son. And it took 25 years before the, year, before the Lord actually fulfilled that promise. It seems to me that on our journey with God, in our lives, we need to understand something about what faith is. His story and, and many other stories in the Bible emphasize that we have to go sometimes into the unknown future. That we sometimes have to make big decisions, but that we cannot do it without faith. So, what is faith? There are many answers. Uh, some people would say faith is, is knowledge. Faith is commitment. Faith means obedience. Faith is experience. But there's one aspect that's always part and parcel of faith. And that is to trust God. Unconditional trust. I'm sure that um, you who are able to swim uh, know that it's very easily uh, that's very easy to, to sink as well. Uh, but sometimes you see people lying on their backs in the water, just floating. I, uh, when I was a, a child, wondered, it's because normally you saw the belly, you know, <laughs> of the man. I thought it was like a tube. <laughs> but what actually happens is that the water holds them up. They just relax. And, and faith is something like that. Relaxing in the water of God's faithfulness. 
Listen to Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Another translation says, Abram put his trust in the Lord, and because of this, the Lord was pleased with him and accepted him. This is the verse used about faith by Paul very, very often. Abram became known as the father of all believers. And Hebrews 11 refers to Abram, amongst others, because they trusted God, because they rested in God. Last Sunday I referred to the words of Joseph Ansis, and it's worth listening to it again. It describes faith. O oh Lord, how happy should we be if we could leave our cares to Thee. If we from self could rest and feel at heart that one above, in perfect wisdom, perfect love, is working for the best. Trust. Unconditional trust. But how is this possible to trust God? I think we find the answer in this passage again. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, 2, and 3, we read that God comes to Abram many years past and he said, Do not be afraid, Abram. I will shield you from danger and give you a great reward. But Abram answered, Sovereign Lord, what good will your reward do me? Since I have no children, my only heir is Eliezer of Damascus. You have given me no children, and one of my slaves will inherit my property. Abram is clearly desperate. Walter Brueggemann writes, Abram protests, doubting that such a promise can be accomplished in the circumstances. He had concluded by now that there would be no change. The call from barrenness was a false alarm. God's answer to the doubt and fear of Abram is double grace when we read through this passage. First, Upken Wertmans says, God speaks inside his home. He affirms his promise. He says, this slave will not inherit your property. Your own son will be your heir. God comes down to our level, almost like a friend. He stands next to Abram and he says, I want to affirm my promises to you. Nothing extraordinary, just his word. But then he takes him sort of outside into his creation. And under the roof of the stars, 
Abram hears again. Look at the sky and try to count the stars. You will have as many descendants as that. God, you see, is not stingy with his promises. He gives it again and again and again to help our doubting hearts. It's almost like a sacrament that he gives. God gives his promises and affirms with an outward sign of the stars and he says, look at it like that. This is how I will bless you. And then we read, Abram believed the Lord. He believed him now. Faith, you see, is, is not our own creation. It's not based on logical considerations. It's a creation of the word of God. Like a mountain climber completely trusts the rope that he hangs onto, so we completely trust God's promises. This is the point of faith, you see. It hangs on God's promises. When God gives us his word, his promises, he gives himself. His promises are reliable because he is reliable. Therefore, we can expect anything from God. Martin Luther says, a Christian is like a hero engaging himself with the impossible. Faith is to embrace God. There's an old saying, faith is better than reason. Reason only goes so far, but faith has no limits. Therefore, faith is unconditional trust in the promises of God. But the story does not end here in Genesis 15. We saw at the beginning of Genesis 15 that God, that Abram doubts, that he wondered if God is going to fulfill his promise. Then God affirms his promises and then Abram believes in verse 6. But then in verse 8 and 12, we read that the doubt creeps in again. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? When the sun was going down, Abram fell into a deep sleep and fear and terror came over him. The message says, a sense of dread Dark and heavy. It was John Calvin that said that those who have never feared have never believed. When there is a fire of faith, he said, there's always the smoke of doubt as well. Yes, we can completely trust God 
But when we look at our circumstances around us, sometimes it causes doubt in our lives. And these circumstances very often want to convince us that God is not faithful, that he's not involved in our lives. The story of Abram and Sarah is therefore a story of fear and doubt and despair from Genesis chapter 12. Just after God called Abram in Genesis 12, verse 1 to 10, he goes out and he lies about his beautiful wife. He says, it's just my sister. So it goes on. Genesis 15, again. Then later on, they took matters in their own hands because they just found it so hard to trust God. Therefore, the, the author of Genesis never hides the weak moments of Abram and Sarah. We sometimes actively disobey God's word in spite of his promises. Faith and doubt. So what does God do with doubting and fearful people? When I grew up in Cape Town area, when it rained like it rained this week here as well, we played a game in the rain. We used the leaf or, or a stick and had a race with one another. Put it in the water and saw which one was first. However, sometimes it got stuck. And that's not fair. So you took it and put it a few yards forward. Because it was an unforeseen obstacle. And always resulted in some kind of an argument between us. How far? You see, sometimes our faith gets stuck. And then God intervenes as well. And he gives us a bit of an advance. And we call it the covenant. He makes a covenant with Abram. But this is a very unique covenant. The Lord says, bring me a cow, a goat, and a ram. Each of them three years old, and a dove and a pigeon. Abram brought the animals to God, cut them in half, and placed the halves opposite each other in two rows. Vultures came down on the bodies, but Abram drove them off. See, a covenant was made when the parties would walk between the parts of the animals that were cut in half. And it was a commitment to the agreement of this covenant. And if the party would break this covenant, they would bear the curses of this covenant. But if they fulfilled it, they would receive the blessing of it. Listen to what happened then. When the sun was going down, after he's done, he's done all these things, Abram fell 
asleep. You want to say, really, Abram, wake up. Wake up. God wants to make a covenant with you, you know. God really wants to affirm everything now. But he sleeps. The darkness of his soul and doubt became too much for him. And then we read these surprising words. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking brazier with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. These were symbols of God's presence. So while Abram was sleeping, God made a one-sided covenant with him. Listen to what verse 18 says. Then and there the Lord made a covenant with Abram. God makes the covenant without any human contribution, in spite of the doubt and fear of Abram. What a wonderful God we have. Taking upon himself everything, the blessings and even the curses in his son Jesus Christ. With Paul we say, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, was not yes and no, but in him it was always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. What a wonderful God, a faithful God, that showed in Christ Jesus that in spite of our doubt and fear and anxieties, he is there. He is there to show his faithfulness. God's faithfulness does not depend on the greatness of our faith or on our ability to please him. John Calvin said, it's only when we are empty that Christ can fill us. He doesn't have to do it. He, do it just because, he does it just because he's good. Just for our sake. He alone is the guarantee for the future of his promises. So what is faith? Maybe we should redefine faith. Faith is not in the first place our holding on to God. 
Faith is to know that God holds on to us. In faith, it is not how firmly we hold on to God, but how firmly His hand is upon our lives. When I was a minister in my second congregation, my youngest daughter, Rihanna, was about um, three, four years old. And when we walked from church in the morning, I held her hand and she was walking on the side of the pavement, balancing herself. She thought that she balanced herself because she held my hand. But I prevented her from falling because I held her hand. This is the God we have. We think we hold his hand tightly, but he holds our hands tightly. Faith, therefore, Martin Luther says, is comforted doubt. I told you this story before, but I, I think it illustrates the point about the man who was walking on the side of a rock <coughs> at night. He lost his footing and fell. Then he got hold of a branch. It was hanging there, it was dark. And he said, is there someone up there? And he heard a voice. I'm with you. He said, now, can you help me? He said, yes, I can help you. He said, what should I do? He said, let go of the branch. There was a long silence. He said, is there someone else up there? <laughs> is there someone else up there? They say that the story ended when at daybreak he could start to see the ground was just about that height from his feet. Faith is to let go of the branches in our lives that, that we think gives us, give us security. Let's pray together. Lord God, we praise you for your faithfulness. You are the God who fulfilled your promises through your Son, Jesus Christ. We worship you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We pray that you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, will be our only rule, our only hope, our only guide. And may your glory be our only end. Amen.